Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Todd T. Riley, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. This episode of I Work For Him was previously recorded for the Christian Leadership Alliance's Outcomes Conference podcast, where leaders come to invest the best of what they know into other leaders. Remember, if you have influence over just one person, you are a leader. Together, let's listen to this podcast and learn more about leading God's way. Enjoy. We have an incredible conversation coming up today with Nona Jones. Check her out online, nonajones.com. That's nonajones.com. We'll be focusing on leadership, thriving, and of course, related outcomes. Nona Jones, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is an honor to be here. Well, Martha and I are super excited to have you here. And we just want to, before we get started talking about your leadership role and the perspective of what God is doing through you as you lead a thriving environment, tell us how you keep your, personally, how you keep your faith strong and your leadership Christ-centered each and every day. You know, I, um, it, it's, it's very practical for me. I start my day uh, with, with prayer and I start my day with uh, reading the the Word of God and um, just really reflecting on the goodness of God in my life. Um, I think we all have those those moments where the goodness of God is a bit blurry um, because things are so overwhelming or just so frustrating. And um, I use that time to help me just center and focus um, because I've found that when I'm able to reflect on and, and really anchor on the goodness of God. That regardless of what happens during my day, I, I find a, a place of stability and peace. And so, so that's my practice every day. I, I start with uh, working out, whether it's a run outside or a run in, on my elliptical. Um, and then I just spend time before the Lord. And that is so necessary. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about thriving for you personally. Like, what does that mean to thrive? Either what does mm-hmm. it look like in your life or how does it feel? Yeah, so it's it's. It's interesting that we're having this conversation now because I'm actually I'm, I'm preparing for a um, uh, to keynote an event. It's a women's conference, and the theme of the conference is uh, the flourishing woman. And when I mm-hmm. when I looked up the word flourish, uh, of course, one of the synonyms that was shared was was thrive. And that 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 word, both words, essentially mean to prosper, to um, to to be fruitful, to grow, to be productive. And uh, so I, I think to thrive really is, in fact, to be, be fruitful, um, to have evidence, um, healthy fruit, to have evidence of the, the good work that you've been doing. And um, I think when you look at nature, I'm a microbiology and cell science um, major. I, I love science. I love uh, just how God has orchestrated this entire world to work together. And when you look at nature, uh, there's one principle that is clear across species, it's, it's clear across systems, and that is that healthy things grow. So if, mm. if a plant uh, is, is healthy, it will grow. Um, if a, a baby calf is healthy, it will grow, you know, um, healthy things grow. And so I think one of the, the clearest signs that um, something is unhealthy is when it stops growing and it starts to actually die. And so I think of thriving really as, as a, a signal that, that you're healthy. 
I, see, and I'm wondering because I'm pretty healthy, but I keep growing, and they say that that's not healthy. So I'm not... <laughs> that's a little different, honey. Oh, okay. Your right. cells are still <laughs> multiplying and growing, and oh, all of that. Okay, okay. I don't think it means grow in mass necessarily. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So. Uh, and I love that word flourishing because it mm. is, that is such a God word because he wants us to flourish right here on this planet that he created for us. Tell us more about how your leadership enables those you serve to thrive. Mm. First of all, I love this question because, um, you know, even when I was, when I was preparing to speak at the outcomes conference, it occurred to me that a lot of times we go to these leadership conferences so that we can you know, grow so that we can thrive personally. But when we have been called to what I consider to be the ministry of leadership, what God is ultimately doing is he is calling us to be a conduit to help others thrive. And so I think it's important as leaders that we are healthy ourselves, of course. And I think we have to remember that the, the, primary, uh, the primary goal for our work is to ensure that the people who are connected to us, the people who are following us, um, that they're growing as well. And so uh, some of the the tips that I try to use and I try to really think about uh, is I check in with my team regularly. I have have a a pretty large team and I try to check in with each person regularly just to ask, how are they doing? And, and, And I have enough trust with them to where they know that I'm not asking in a very surface way. Sometimes we say, hey, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm fine. But they know when I ask, how are you doing? What I mean is, you know, how is your heart? How, how is your soul? How is your spirit? Um, and, and the word of God uh, even tells us, you know, I, I wish that you would prosper even as, as your soul prospers. Like there's, there's a, a level of thriving that should happen in our, in our soul. And so as a leader, we have to check in with our people. We have to make sure that their hearts and their minds are healthy. Um, and I think that's, that's part of the role that we have to, we have to take. And we have to be perceptive enough to know that mm. just because someone is smiling, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're thriving. Sometimes a smile is a mask um, for, for what is unhealthy. You know, that's why the Italian job has the greatest line ever. And I'll bring it up again on one, another podcast is that don't worry about your kids. We're enjoying them. Is that when, oh, when you, when you ask somebody, how you doing? And they say, I'm fine. You say, really freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Really? How you doing? Cause that line, you can overcome that every time. It's a great way to use that at church, especially when you try to get deep faster. You know, I was actually kind of feeling a little guilty because right when you said when people smile, I had, I had like thought about smiling in that moment. I'm like, okay, I'm not hiding anything. I'm really engaged in this conversation. So, um, you know, so a lot of companies, a lot of organizations, they have to work really hard and try and fail a lot in order to get a culture that is a thriving culture. Um, Besides just checking in with your people, what do you think you're doing right now that really has big impact in that area of making sure that your culture is a thriving culture? Well, it, it starts, I realize it starts with me as mm. the leader. Mm. I mean, I, I oh. set the tone, I set the pace. Um, I, I create the, the uh, atmosphere mm-hmm. in which my team lives. And, you know, when you, when you think about, uh, going back to that idea of, you know, healthy things grow, and you think about plants and biological ecosystems, everything exists in, in an atmosphere. And if the atmosphere is not um, healthy, it won't grow. So for example, um, if I uh, pump carbon dioxide into an environment that's filled with human beings, we have a problem because we need oxygen. But if I pump carbon dioxide into an environment of plants, they're going to be like, yes, 
because photosynthesis requires carbon dioxide. And so as a leader, I think we have to be attuned to what does this environment need in order to thrive? So for example, on my team, um, I set space and time for us to sit down and talk through what is everyone working on so that we can share learnings, we can synergize. Um, in those environments, we've learned that there are things people were working on where uh, they needed support, but they didn't know how to ask. And so now suddenly everyone's aware and everyone's able to lean in and help them. Um, but I think as a leader, it really comes down to creating that environment and to give a biblical context. So uh, I think it's in John 15 where, where Jesus was talking about, you know, he is, he's the true vine and we're the branches. And he, he gives the example of how uh, if a branch does not uh, produce fruit, that it gets cut off. Mm-hmm. And then he says, but every branch that produces good fruit gets pruned. I say this because a lot of times we hear that and it goes in one ear and out the other. But if you think about it, oftentimes the same tool that's used to cut a branch is used to prune a branch. And and that can be uh, the tool of of feedback. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, As a leader, we have to constantly give feedback to our team, uh, feedback that builds them up, uh, as well as feedback that prunes away the parts of them that are inhibiting their growth. And so it's not enough just to say you're amazing and you're awesome. Sometimes we also have to say, hey, the way you showed up in this uh, meeting really wasn't the best reflection of who you are. And let me give you some some tips and some thoughts on how to show up better. And so that's the pruning side of it. Uh, and I think we have to we have to do both. That's a good word. We're talking today with Nona Jones on the Outcomes Conference podcast, and we'll be right back. Do you want to make an impact for the kingdom of God without quitting your day job? Then here's some great news. God is calling you into full-time ministry right where you are. The job that you hold, the work that you do, and the people you work with, none of that is by accident. Your workplace is your mission field. Change the way you think about faith and work by picking up a copy of our new book, I Work For Him, by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. And remember, you aren't just working for yourself, you're working for the Lord. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference Podcast. Today, we're talking with Nona Jones. You can check her out online, nonajones.com, nonajones.com. Nona, the last 18 to 20 months, a little rough around the globe, certainly around the United States of America. So much has happened to all of us. What changes have you made in the last year, personally or professionally, that helped you keep focused on your mission as a leader? Mm, You know, um... Something that um, I think something I'm really trying to um, work out in my life that has become evident is is compassion, like having compassion for people. Because I mean, the, the last this last I say this last year was like a decade. I mean, mm-hmm. it really there was so much packed into it, and frankly, um, it continues to impact us in so many different ways. And I think when you when you experienced so much what I call kind of collective trauma, I mean, we've, we've been traumatized. We, we may not realize, but we have. When you experience that type of collective trauma, it's easy to um, get really frustrated with people. It's easy to be angry um, because you feel like it's unfair and there's just so much happening and, and you had all these plans and they got derailed. And so I, I'm trying to, to really seek God for the grace of compassion for other people. Um, because there have been times over this past year where I didn't show up in the way that I should have because I was frustrated and because I was exhausted and because I was discouraged. And, um, 
knowing that that impacts other people, it made me realize that I just, I need to have more compassion so that when, when others, I'll give an example. I, I just posted about it on Facebook uh, earlier this morning. You know, I, I landed uh, back home at like midnight and uh, I was supposed to get home around 10, 1030, had all these flight delays. So, you know, I landed, I'm exhausted, I'm tired, I'm frustrated. And so I get in my car, I'm heading to the, the uh, kiosk to pay for my parking. And uh, there was two lanes to leave. It was about 1230 about this time, two lanes to leave. Well, apparently the lane I was in, the machine was broken, but the attendant didn't say anything. So I'm in this long line with people. We're just sitting there stuck. This other line is moving and I'm like, what's going on? So it's raining. It's pouring down raining. I get out of my car, go over to the attendant. I'm just like, hey, what's going on? Like, what, what's happening? And she was like, the machine in your lane is broken. You're just gonna have to wait. And I was like, what? <laughs> in my mind, I'm so tired. I'm so frustrated. And so I, I told her, I said, why don't you direct traffic? Like, you know, so the people in the lane that's not working can, can go too. And she was like, that's not my job. I don't have to do anything. You just wait. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I felt this anger start to boil up in me because I was tired. <laughs> but, uh, you know, after I got home and I, I, I prayed about it, God was like, Nona, something happened to that woman that you don't know anything about that made her show up that way. Chances are she was supposed to get off work early. The, the delays of the planes made her have to stay late. She's exhausted. And so she's taking out her anger on you. And, and just learning to see things that way, I think is, is really helping me as a leader um, to where I'm trying to lead with compassion uh, and just trying to be more gracious to others. Hmm. Boy, there's so many areas of our life that we could really apply that to. I know oh, yeah. that, you know, that's one of the things that I really um, am curious because we've all are experiencing trials. They look different yeah. for everybody. They feel different. The stress level is different. Um, some have had to change what they do and some people can't work, right? So yeah. how, um, how have you, while you're dealing with your own stresses, kind of like what you were talking about with the airplane and the airport and everything, how have you translated that into like the kinds of challenges you're experiencing while you're trying to lead, like, like, what's your greatest challenge that you've mm. that you've faced over the last eighteen months? Oh man, I think the greatest challenge that I've faced is um, just dealing with resource constraints. Um, you know, and, and to give like you like shortage a, you know, of plywood because that's what we've been dealing. No, that's <laughs> what you're talking about. That's well, not what she means. Yeah, so there's there's the physical resource constraints, but then there's also been constraints. Um, you know, budgetary constraints. There's been constraints on. Um, you know, my team and the time that they can lend to efforts and initiatives that I wanted to, uh, to get moving. And so I think that's been a huge challenge. And what it's done is it's caused me as a leader to have to recalibrate my expectations. And just to make sure, it's like, are my expectations realistic? Mm-hmm. Given, given the fact that these variables have now changed, like we're no longer operating within these, the same, you know, uh, blueprint that we thought we were going to be operating in, now that that's changed, have the variables changed enough to where I need to change my expectations? And that's helped me show up, I think, as a, a better, more empathic leader to where my team, I, I had a situation with one of my um, uh, team members who, you know, she was working super, super, super hard. I mean, super hard. And she got to the point where she literally hit a wall. Like, she just was like, I just, I can't work anymore. And uh, I told her, I was like, I need you to just, you know, take a few days off. And she was like, oh, but I don't have any vacation. I was like, I don't care just take the time off. 
and just step away. And uh, I needed her to work. <laughs> like I needed her mm-hmm. energy. She didn't have it to give. Right. And so as a leader, that was my opportunity to show up for her in a way that helped to refill her and refuel her. And as a result of giving her that time, she came back better than ever, oh. like better than ever. And so that's, that's what, one of the things I've had to learn. Mm. And that's a great thing that so many of us can find ways to apply that in our own lives. So was there something that you also have learned that was a real breakthrough in your leadership? Mm. Yeah, I think I, <laughs> I learned, uh, and this is going to sound funny, but um, I learned that just because it's urgent doesn't mean it's important. Um, I, I had been living my, my, my life as a leader um, just almost glued to like emails and pings and, you know, like, oh my gosh, if somebody needed me, I just like, I had to like make it happen immediately. And I think uh, over this last year, I learned that when I give myself grace, And when I actually stop and evaluate, is this truly like important or is it just urgent? It helped me to um, refocus and it helped me to figure out what was really important and where I needed to lend my energy. And so I started to um, kind of strategically move some things off of my plate that had been there because they were urgent, um, but they weren't important. Mm. And I found myself having, having a little bit more strategic capacity to think more uh, even big picture because the urgent really has a way of like uh, limiting your scope. Like you're so focused on that thing that you miss the forest for the trees. And so I think um, being able to zoom out has helped me to be a much better leader. It's helped me to thrive personally and ensure that my team is thriving as well. We're talking today with Nona Jones. Check her out online, nonajones.com. nonajones.com. We'll be right back with more on the Outcomes Conference podcast. You know the kind of person that always tells you about the latest trends or the special deals around town? Well, lean in because here's a message from that kind of person. The Awaken Podcast Network is the place to be. Go to awakenpodcastnetwork.com and unlock God's purpose for your work with help from some friends. You will find a gathering place of podcasts that provide simple tools, faith stories, and conversations that will inspire and equip you to vibrantly live out your faith in your work today. Go ahead, check out awakenpodcastnetwork.com and then be that kind of person and tell a friend. Hey, welcome back to the Outcomes Conference Podcast. We're your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. So excited to have Nona Jones with us today. NonaJones.com. That's NonaJones.com. Nona. Listen, you, you're studying. I'm, I, well, behind you, you got all kinds of books. Maybe they're decorations, but maybe you read them. What is one thing that you've experienced that, that impacted you so much as you said, everybody in my team has got to experience this as well? Something you've learned, something you heard. What's one thing you said, everybody's got to hear this besides listening to this podcast? Oh, well, listen, this is like top of the list. So that's, that's number one. You know, um, I am an avid avid reader. So I'm constantly reading books and I have to kind of watch myself because I will throw books at my team. So there's, you know, there's the work I do at Facebook. That's, that's one set of teams. Then I also have an itinerant ministry. That's another set of teams. I have, um, I support my husband in our local church. He's the senior pastor. That's another set of teams. (laughs) And then I have a nonprofit organization. That's another set of teams. And so I'm constantly throwing books at people and they're just like, stop it. I can't read that many. Um, but, uh, there's this one sticky note that I have on my iPad, excuse me, on my laptop. 
that I will share with you because I push all of my teams to remember this. And it was out of uh, Ray Dalio's book where he, it's a book called Principles and Ray Dalio is a businessman and he's uh, in, in the financial sector and he just puts all these principles in this book. It's a long book. But there's one thing that he said that just stuck out with me and I, I try to think about it daily. He said, the right answer matters more than being right. And his point with that is that a lot of times we get so invested in our perspective that uh, even if our perspective is wrong, we don't want to let it go. Uh, and so we, we end up in many ways becoming almost like toxic in conversations because we're so just so um, wedded to our idea. And so I try to get my team to understand that everyone's perspective is, is valuable and everyone's perspective is needed. And so the right answer matters more than being right. It doesn't matter who gets the right credit. What matters is, do we have the right answer? Mm-hmm. Boy, and that goes against so many of our grains, because, right, we just want to be right. And, um, but I remember years ago. I am right so often. <laughs> This is, a, this is an argument we have in our marriage quite often. Oh, no, but we learned that years ago. You know, you can be, wrong, you can be right but wrong at the top of your voice. You know, when, you sit, when you're wrong with your approach, you're, you're wrong. So, oh, I love yeah. that. Um, so you have a really unique perspective with your involvement with social media. And that's a, it can be a pretty rough and tumble atmosphere. What area of ministry do you think is having the greatest impact? And that can be whatever Mm. impact you think. That's a good question. I feel like, and you mean in terms of uh, areas of ministry having the greatest impact through social media? Sure. I think um, because there are so many people, um, and we've seen it over this last year even more, but because there are so many people who deeply need connection and affirmation, uh, what I've seen that has been just a blessing is I've seen ministries use social technology to, to offer that to people. Um, there are some that are just throwing content at people, but then there are others that are investing in like seeing people and building communities where people can connect and grow together, um, building safe spaces where people can be vulnerable and say, look, here's the challenge I'm facing, or you know, here's the trauma I need healing from. Um, when I see tools and technology being used in that way, mm. it's really inspiring because there's 3.2 billion people right now on Facebook. I mean, there's over a billion people on um, Instagram and, YouTube and Twitter and, and all these places. And I think a lot of times, you know, if we approach it as just a marketing platform, we'll miss the beauty of it. It really is a discipleship platform um, because it gives you access to people that you would normally be able to see or talk to. Um, but the question is, what's the mindset? And so I think having a mindset to help people heal, um, having a mindset to help people connect, um, I've, I've really seen a lot of good come out of that. You know, Nona, as we close out this, I, I love those thoughts. I don't want to miss those thoughts, but I know we're running out of time. Uh, thank you. I, you're right. Let's so much. Jesus was always busy, but never in a hurry. He never missed the yeah. people. And we need to do that. Social media is one of those places. It's so easy to vomit on social media and not miss the pe- Sorry, bad, bad imagery, but and miss the people. Uh, those are good yeah. words. All right. As we close out this Outcomes Conference podcast, the Christian Leadership Alliance is a place where leaders come to invest the best of what they know in other people. 
Nona, what leadership idea or thinking would you like to share as an investment in those listening to today's Outcomes Conference podcast? I, I would love for, for all the leaders who are watching this or listening to this to adopt what I call an additive mindset. Um, so on, on, in, in math, there's, there's kind of two frames of reference when you think about numbers. Numbers can either subtract, they can either take away from, uh, whether it's through division or subtraction or whatever, but then they can add to, whether that's, again, you know, addition or multiplication. In order to have an additive mindset, though, as a leader, you have to really humble yourself. Um, you have to be willing to um, discover the, the desires and the dreams and the hopes of your team and find a way to lift those up as opposed to seeing your team as a means to an end. I had for many years across my leadership journey, I had seen my team as a means to an end. I wanted to be at the top of the, the org chart. I wanted to have the you know, nice title. I wanted to have uh, the prestige. And so I oftentimes would kind of use my people to build my so-called brand. And I ended up being a, a reductive leader. I had people mm. that left my team because they felt used. They felt like I didn't care about them. Um, but I think becoming an additive leader, um, it gave me the ability to, to, to add to people. So they left my leadership feeling like they had grown. And that goes back to the thing I said at the very top of our conversation. Healthy things grow. Uh, you can't create a healthy, healthy culture being a reductive leader. And so I would ask that leaders adopt a posture of humility and just being willing to be the vessel that God can use to be a blessing to the people that you have the privilege of serving. Mm. Those are good words. Great words. Thank Re- you for that takeaway. I reductive think. leader. But be an additive. Don't be an additive. I've been there. I never heard that term before. Just toxic. I've heard toxic, but reductive. I like that, Nona. Mm. <laughs> Nona Jones, thanks so much for being on the Outcomes Conference podcast today. You're a blessing. It was great to hear you at the conference, and it was great to spend some more time with you today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Make sure you check her out online, nonajones.com, nonajones.com. Did you know that God has a calling on your life? It's true. He's called you to bring Jesus to the world. For some, that may look like a pulpit or a foreign mission field, but for most of us, it looks like a construction site, a cubicle, a hospital, or a classroom. Wherever it is that you work, live, volunteer, and invest, that is your mission field. To learn more about integrating your faith into your work and retirement, check out our books, I Work For Him, She Works For Him, and I Retire For Him by going to iworkforhim.com slash bookstore. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online at iworkforhim.com. I work, the number four, him.com. <laughs>